fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. Hold on here. Right as we started the program, my my video camera wanted to freeze up, so it's not watching me right now. It looks I have the side profile going on. That's okay. Whatever. I guess my side profile looks fine. <laughs> Happy Monday. Let's get this ball rolling, baby. We got to talk about broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, as we rock out on our flagship radio station, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. It's always great to have you along for the ride. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Holy cow, what a show we have lined up today. And hopefully you had a great weekend recapping, trying to calm yourself, trying to collect your thoughts, recoup, and get ready for a whole nother week of shenanigans and malarkey. Bottom of the hour, we have Miriam Grossman. She is an author, also a psychologist, a psychologist who focuses on child and adolescent psychology. We'll talk about her latest book as we start our very first themed week on the program. Now, again, what this themed week means is we're not going to do it the entire hour, but every guest that we have throughout this week will be a certain topical theme, which is going to be health this week with our salute to health. We're all going to die because of you! (laughs) So we'll have her coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about psychology of children going back to school, the anxiety, the stress, the, the bullying, the whatever to prepare yourself and the trans students and the psychology behind trying to transition as a young adolescent child thinking that that is the way to feel more comfortable in your life. So we have all that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, First and foremost, before we go any further, thoughts and prayers to everyone going down in Hawaii and Maui. And uh, what have I heard now? 93 people was the latest number I've heard that have died from this fire down there. It it was devastating. The cleanup efforts are continuing. People are stranded. It looks like a war zone down there. I had seen people who were like, oh, it's not really a fire. It was bombs going off and explosions. Well, it was probably all the fuel that was in the vehicles that exploded with some such intense fires going on. So uh, it was, it's been devastating to see some of this going on there. My question is, what caused all this? I don't know that we've heard a legitimate answer on what actually caused this fire. Now, I obviously hail from Kansas and the Wichita area. We have a lot of grass fires that happen around the Mid-America region across Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas and Nebraska, this whole area. We have, especially during the drought seasons that we've seen the last couple of years, we usually have an idea of what caused these fires, whether it was a lightning strike into some dry grass, whether it was someone throwing a cigarette butt out their window, somehow, some way, Investigators know what to look for and how to actually find the cause of these fires. We haven't really heard much information on what's actually causing these fires down in Maui, and that's leaving so much devastation, one of the worst that we've seen in decades in the country. And everybody's like, oh, let's just try and figure out what's going on here and how we try to displace all these people. That's cool, but what caused all this? Now, according to the official unofficial statement from the New York Times. They say that so far no single cause has been determined, but one potential possibility was that an active power line fell during some high winds where they say that they had some extreme 80 plus mile an hour winds or 100 mile an hour winds 
uh, with a hurricane that was just south of them that ended up going up to the area, blowing a power line over, and with the drought that they had, ended up sparking a fire and going from there. That's a possibility. That could be a possibility. Others have gone to the level of thinking that it was a UFO laser beam that got shot from space up there as well. So we have a lot of theories. I'm just throwing it out there. We have a lot of theories that are open to conversation as well. What I do find ironic about all this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but put your conspiratorial hat on for just a moment. I do find it ironic that it happened in the place where there was supposedly, allegedly, meetings that are ongoing right now about making Maui the very first city, the experimental city in the nation, to be completely renovated with the new clean energy, to make it completely electric, 100% electric across the entire city, and that they wanted AI to begin running it as one of the new, what they've talked about doing for a while, one of those 15-minute cities, meaning that you don't have to travel more than 15 minutes in a walking in order to get everything that you need from your work to groceries, to the amenities that you need for your home, that 15 minutes, you don't have to travel more than 15 minutes away from your property. Those conversations and worldwide leaders were meeting in Maui to make this happen or to discuss the ideas about it, and Maui was going to be one of those experimental cities for it to happen. And then all of a sudden, we have a massive fire that kills almost 100 people and wipes out the entire town to where we have to rebuild everything anyways. Now, again... Could be off my rocker, could think it's just conspiratorial, but it, nonetheless, the things that make you go, hmm, with everything that was being planned for that city anyways, and it's a heck of a lot easier to rebuild it when it's already needing to be demolished and started over, as opposed to just, hey, let's try and convince people to tear down everything and start from scratch. That way, this is a heck of a lot easier. So while it's devastating, again, it makes you wonder what the motive was when we don't really get a whole, I mean, by days, usually we have an idea of what actually started these. And it very well could be something simple as a power line that fell down in a drought area and just caused it. But you would think with all the water that was around there that you'd be able to put that out relatively quickly. So a lot of questions still unanswered, not jumping down the rabbit hole of conspiratorial beliefs yet. But we are questioning things. And nowadays, I don't trust a single word that any government entity really comes out with. So that just piques my interest even more. All right, we got a lot to talk about. Again, coming up, uh, looking forward to our chat with our first themed guest at the bottom of this hour. Let's get into what's trending today, though, shall we? What's trending today? And I've started to recognize, I've had an epiphany earlier today as I was pondering some of the topics that we've talked about on the show, not just this show, but obviously for all the last couple of weeks and on our national broadcast and our local program in the Wichita area that I do on Saturday mornings, that all of the issues that we're seeing have a relatively simple solution to them. Now, obviously, you're not going to get a simple, just simple black and white solution to say, Haha, this is going to solve the issue. But we seem to complicate things a lot more than what they need to be. And I can see if you disagree with me, you're more than welcome to reach out and tell me why. But I believe that we have relatively, at least maybe not the solution on how to act upon it or how to implement it. But the ideas are relatively simple. Just some of the latest headlines that we've seen across the nation include Massive migration into the country that's causing havoc to where even New York City doesn't want any more migrants to come in here. As the bread and butter of this nation, the heart of this nation, the big apple of the world, so to speak, they don't want any more to come out there. 
We have crime rates through the roof where we just saw $100,000 of uh, goods being stolen out of businesses across California over the last week with people just waltzing in and just stealing stuff. Because remember, in California, you don't have to be charged with anything if you don't steal less than $900 worth of goods which is going to create a massive exodus of businesses from going to that area. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. We have massive crime rates all over the place. Shootings, lootings, robbings, theft, assault. It's just kind of the norm now to where even some cities are like, hey, can you at least keep your shootings between 9 uh, o'clock at night and then overnight and then not shoot anybody during the day? If you could do that, that'd be great. Thanks. We have natural disasters that are happening in Maui and other places. We have the economy that is a complete and utter disaster. We have supply chain issues. We have chemicals in our water, chemicals in the air, chemicals everywhere that we breathe and everything that we do, everything that we consume, everything that we wear. It's chemicals beyond belief that's altering literally physically our DNA. We live in kind of weird times, and I've told you this before, and I'll say it again, even with all the massive disasters and negativity in the world, I wouldn't live at another time because we came here for a reason, and we have a purpose for this, and we are living in some pretty biblical and historical moments, so try and cherish it, relish it, and be able to tell your kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids about it when that time comes, because we will be the ones that correct things and rebuild when everything topples over. And it got worse, coincidentally, post-COVID-19 is when all this really started escalating. And even during COVID, things started to escalate and boil to the surface. And now we're seeing it more than anywhere else. Right now, one of the bigger issues that we're seeing across the nation in major cities is homelessness. Wichita, Kansas, we're not the biggest city. We're in the top 100 cities across the nation, I believe. But I want to use that for an example. Homelessness is growing. And we're trying to figure out, scratching our heads, wait a second, what's going on? Why are we seeing more people on the streets than ever before? According to the Wall Street Journal, we're seeing massive increases of homelessness nationwide in big cities. Up near, by the way, 11% increases from 2022. The sharpest jump by far and the biggest recorded increase of homelessness since government began tracking comparable numbers of homelessness back in 2007. The next highest, just to put this into perspective for you, by the way, the next highest increase in homelessness was from 2020 and 2019, where there was a 2.7% jump in homelessness. Now, from 2022 to now in 2023, we've seen an 11% jump in homelessness, according to the Wall Street Journal. They say this year's surge reflects a host of pressures, including rising housing costs, lack of affordable rental units, the nation's continuing opioid crisis, and other issues. That's in nationwide specifically. Then we see this headline from Bloomberg.com. 16% of Californians can actually afford to buy a home in the state of California. 16%. Now they have three major cities. They have a huge population in the state, obviously, and only 16% of them can actually purchase a home where you need to make at least $210,000 of an income to qualify for a 30-year loan. Homelessness in California running rampant, and we'll talk about that more in detail a little bit later. Homelessness in Denver, Colorado, one of my previous home before I moved out to Kansas. Right now, according to the Common Sense Institute, co.org, homelessness in Denver has a total of almost 12,000 people within Denver city limits alone that are homeless. 12,000 with 8,700 of them actually having some type of shelter that they can find, almost 3,200 individuals that are unsheltered within the city of Denver alone. 
not mentioning the entire state of Colorado. The point, Andy, we see all these numbers, what do we do about this? It's a major issue. But overall, and I get it's more complicated than this, but to simplify it, to boil it down to its basic core, what are we running into here? What's the problem and what solutions can we come to to try and solve these issues? Because they're not getting any better. They're especially not getting better under the Biden administration. And we need to figure out what the hell to do about this because it's only going to get worse with the direction and the projection that we're on right now. And to me, the number one, if I was sitting in one of these situations saying, Andy, what do we do to solve this problem? The best solution that we can do to solve this is to get the government the hell out of the way. And the problem is... We always seem to look towards the government to do something. Fix the problem for me. Do something about this government, whether it's the local government, the county government, statewide government, federal government, do something for us. When in reality, wouldn't it be really easy for us to just be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should just cut back on some of these government programs. Maybe we should actually let the free market do what they need to do to zone what they need to for more residential housing, which, by the way, you would think that housing would be able to grow incomparable with the growth of population so that way there's available homes available condos available apartments with the population in that area and if people are moving to a certain area then that would put pressure on the real estate market we begin growing it again and therefore we can keep up with the ongoing demand for it and things fluctuate back and forth like that bubble but nonetheless we could at least be prepared for it what does that entail an economy that works decently so we can purchase the resources and the tools necessary in order to build a home but yet the raw materials are too expensive. The inflation rates are too expensive. All of these, by the way, have been an issue because of the involvement of the government. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Andy, it's so much more complicated than that. You just can't come up with one simple solution and everything just unravel. You're right. The world's a lot more complicated than that. However, I remember that old saying, keep it simple, stupid, where, for example, and I just want to use this as an example because this is how I relate to it. Uh, I'm an operations manager for a radio station multiple radio stations, a lot of radio stations. And when there's an issue, if we're off the air, if there's a glitch, if something's not running right, you go to the most basic, simple uh, solutions first to see if that solves it. And then you go deeper from there. And that's the way we have to start looking at these. And there's a correlation because when you look at crime rates and drug issues and economic issues and homelessness, there's a correlation between all of these, is there not? And we could go at it multiple different ways to try and solve these. But to me, there would be a correlation. There's probably a high crime rate because someone's economically straining because, well, they can't afford to buy groceries and they're probably going to lose their house. And you could look at their lifestyle. Maybe they spent too much on their credit card. Maybe they lived outside their means. Maybe they were just trying to work three jobs and couldn't afford it. Maybe they've had a troubled past and they couldn't get a good job. Regardless of those situations, there's a simple solution. Get the economy back on track. There's a better solution. Let's find more housing for people to be able to afford it. And because, again, in a simple free market, laissez-faire capitalist society that's based on supply and demand markets, if there are more houses in a market, 
then guess what? The price will go down because there's more availability and therefore people can afford them, which means the expansions continue to need to happen. But yet you can't build them if the resources are too damn expensive because they want to tax the raw materials for the transportation of them because of the supply chain issues that the Biden administration shook up uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Funny how that all ties together, isn't it? There's very simple solutions here, and the big problem, the common denominator between all of this are big government policies that have interjected themselves into the private market for everything, and now we're reaping the uh, the repercussions of that. We're starting to see why things are happening here. For example, California and moving out to San Francisco, they are recommending, according to Fox Business, that uh, there's a state representative, Kylie, that is now recommending the residents of San Francisco. They're saying that crime is so out of control in the state of San, in, in the uh, city of San Francisco, that they're instructing and recommending employees of work to work remotely at home and not drive to work because the crime's too bad. And again. Very simple solution for that. How do you stop a lot of crime rates like that? You actually punish the criminals when they do something bad, and you allow people to carry firearms to defend themselves if something bad happens. And when bad guy dies because he tries to do something stupid and good guy wins because he has a firearm, guess what? That only leaves a good guy left to do good things. And then crime rates plummet. Someone that knows that there's potentially five or six or ten different firearms in a convenience store when they walk into it will think, secondly, before they try and go and rob said store. It's a very simple solution. Difficult to implement, but a very simple solution. Finding that common denominator. Democrat policies, big government policies, have what led to this entire world. Now, how do we get that message out there and what do we do to fix it? It's about education. Pure and simple about education, because people don't usually look at those. When they hear that, when the mainstream media especially hears about that, no, it's not. It's Republicans that have taken opportunities away from people. It's systematic racism. It's yada, yada, yada. It's every name under the book. And guess what? For years now, we've tried to implement policy that has gone towards that agenda. And just like Donald Trump said in the 2016 presidential election, the question is, well, you've done this for so long. How is it working out for you? Is that policy doing better? Are you feeling better? Is your community safer? Are they getting better now because of the Biden and Democrats and Barack Obama and all these other policies that you've implemented? How is it working out? And sometimes people have a hard time looking at themselves and saying, wow, yeah, we kind of went down that wrong road. We kind of did things a little bit differently, and maybe we should try going back to the way things were before. Maybe we should try some common-sense approaches to these issues. Keep it simple, stupid. And as you know, the government's not simple in any way, shape, or form. Got to take a break. Lots more to get to here for the last half hour of the show. Oh, it flows right on by. It's a Monday. It's The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is on the home stretch here. Last half hour of the program. Oh, how it flies right on by. It's always great to have you, especially for a Monday. If you did not get a chance to check out our syndicated program over the weekend, which again, this this show is already on six seven radio stations. We have more for our syndicated weekend show as well. If you didn't get a chance, it is up on the podcast, which you can find on any of your favorite podcasting sites at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Also, quick programming note for you is our newsletter did officially come out 
today. I know we usually do it at the beginning of the month. We waited because with back to school, I thought it was appropriate and kind of neat with the topic that I wanted to have on there as our blog for the month. And uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason, with her holistic healing approaches, has written the blog on ways to keep your kid and yourself safe in that family time when the kids are coming back home with snot running down their nose. Uh, and ways that you can kind of boost that immune system and stay healthy for the beginning of the school year, for sure. It is very funny that we have a cause and effect that we don't like to talk about anymore. And usually that would be common sense, cause and effect. You take away firearms from law-abiding citizens, the consequence or the effect would be bad guys have guns and they can run rampant and do crime all they want to. Cause, when you take away the ability to build new homes and stay up to demand of population size and population growth, then effect, consequence, there's an increase in homelessness. Cause when you try and boost the economy by printing money and injecting it into the economy and having a 20% inflation rate because you think that that's really somehow going to solve the economy, consequence, effect, people can't afford things and then they go into financial ruins. It's a weird concept today, but apparently that's the common sense that we have to wake up to in the world, which leads us to this conversation, which I am so excited because for the first time ever, on this show, in the 11 years that we've had this, uh, we're f- for the first time, we're going to be doing a themed guest lineup throughout the entire week as we do our salute. We're all going to die because of you! To health. <laughs> as we do our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? And as we are back to school, I figured this was the appropriate time to talk with different uh, medical experts, both in psychology and actual health and alternative medicines and every, every other type of health that you can possibly talk about is now that we're going back to school across the nation, uh, the main one of the conversational talking points from local school boards and from parents across the nation is how to handle the ongoing growing issue of the trans identifying students when it comes to bathrooms or sports. As you know, here in Kansas, where I hail from with our flagship radio station, we have our Women's Bill of Rights that we recently passed in our state legislature. The Oklahoma governor, just south of us, just signed their executive order over the last week or so, as well promoting a Women's Bill of Rights, saying that you have to be a biological female to participate in female sports in schools. (laughs) I know that's a wild concept. It's weird. So crazy, but why are we seeing this trend and what's going on and how do we get back on track here? Excited to have on the program. She is a board-certified psychologist. She specializes in psychiatry for children and adolescents. She has multiple books, including her latest one, Lost in Trans Nation, a child psychiatrist's guide out uh, a child psychiatrist guide out of the madness. If I can speak today, happy to have on Miriam Grossman. Miriam, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am excited to chat with you. I am excited to chat about this because this continues to be a bigger and bigger issue. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there's a growing number of students that identify this way, but it's becoming more of the main conversation point for people that are wanting to be involved in local school boards, even running for school boards. This is the issue that we're apparently campaigning on is how do we stand on trans students in the school? Well, yeah, Andy, there certainly are more and more kids who are identifying as something other than their biological sex. For sure there are. I mean, the numbers from the past 10 years show that there's been an increase of 5,000%. So the numbers are going up, and they're going up fast. Now, I'm glad that you're having this uh, this particular program about schools because I'm focused very much right now 
on schools because we're in August, obviously, and kids are returning to schools very soon. And I'm urging parents that they have to be informed and vigilant about what is going on in their kids' school. A lot of the kids that come into my office who are confused about whether they're boys or girls, and I ask them, where did you first hear about this idea that you may be in the wrong body? And they tell me, I heard about it at school. Mm. I heard about it in a classroom or at a club that I joined or from a guidance counselor. So parents have to be aware there are activists at our schools, and you can be in a red state or an purple state, I don't care. There are activists at schools, and you need to be aware of that and prepared for your child to be exposed to that. Uh, I call it a belief system because it's not based on anything medical or scientific. Yeah. Uh, well, that was going to be my question is why we're seeing a near 5,000% increase in this. And it sounds like we found the root of the problem where we have these social activists within the school telling them that they're confused or planting that seed in them. Now, uh, this also comes at a time when, uh, from what it seems like, most of them are like middle school age to where they're going through their developmental times, their hormones are going crazy. They're already having a, 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 a one of the difficult times in your entire life trying to figure out exactly who you are, what you stand for, what your likes and passions are. You're trying to figure you out with these hormonal changes. They seem to be the most vulnerable at that time, isn't it? And that's when we're seeing this pushed upon them. Well, they are vulnerable for that reason, but also for other reasons. Many of the kids we know have uh, other psychiatric conditions. They might be on the autism spectrum, which makes them very vulnerable to this. They may have anxiety, depression, a history of trauma. So, yeah, it's the kids, uh, you know, around around middle school often or high school uh, that that fall into these beliefs. But the, one of the reasons that it's exploding the way it is, is that it's a social contagion, okay? It's, uh, a social contagion is when feelings or beliefs or behaviors are spread within friend groups. That friend group can also be online. And uh, girls are more susceptible to social contagion than boys are, but not this is not only bo uh, girls that we're talking about. My practice is 50-50. Yeah. So there's a lot of boys that are drawn into this as well. So it is, it has a social contagion element, but it's more than that. It's being, uh, it, you know, it's being represented as a civil rights issue, as an issue of kindness and respect. Uh, and it's presented to kids in such a way that, they're told that if their parents don't agree with it, uh, and if they don't, you know, the word that they use, of course, is affirm, but if they don't go along with the new identity, their new identity, their friend's new identity, their neighbor's new identity, then they are transphobic. They are bad people. And perhaps your home is not a safe place to be. And perhaps you need another place to live. This is going on, Andy. I want your audience to understand this is going on. Kids are being rehomed. Wow. Now, normally we use that expression to talk about pets. That expression is now being used to apply to children whose parents don't accept them as the opposite sex. This is serious business, and that's why I wrote this book, Lost in Trans Nation. Yeah.
That's a very that's a very scary thought. Thinking that uh, they're they're relocating the children out of the home. How many of these children do you think, percentage wise, with the massive increase in I guess popularity in this topic with kids wanting to feel this way? How many of them actually uh, actively try and do some type of change, either surgically or hormone blockers or some type of hormone therapy? How many of them actually actively try and go about doing their change? That's a difficult question to answer in this country because we don't have, unlike some other countries, we don't have centralized health care. So we're at, you know, we can get numbers, for example, on kids, the girls that are having mastectomies, but that's not going to include the ones that go to private clinics. It won't include the ones that don't use their insurance to pay for it. They pay privately. So the numbers that we have are very likely underestimates. Um, I I can't give you that number, Andy, but I can tell you that if you go onto uh, the website GoFundMe, you know where people start, you know, a drive to to raise money for some sort of project or something they need to accomplish, and you look there at GoFundMe, the number of girls that are trying to have their mastectomies funded, last time I checked, was 47,000. Wow. Just on GoFundMe. Good golly. On GoFundMe. That's right. So these are the girls that wouldn't have their insurance covering it or, you know, some other issue. A lot of insurances will cover this procedure. Now, what I'm speaking about are bilateral mastectomies in girls as young as 12 years old. And I know people don't want to believe this, but it is true. Wow. That's a scary thought. We're talking with Miriam Grossman. She is the author of the book Lost in Transnation, a child psychiatrist's guide out of the madness. You can find her website at Miriam Grossman, MD. Dot com. Uh, the parental involvement or even the knowing about this, we've heard the concerns that if if one of the students goes to their guidance counselor, goes to somebody and says, hey, I feel this way, I want to do this transition, that there's a concern that they don't even have to tell the parents if they start getting them onto some type of treatment or transition in some way, shape or form. I know we've got to take a hard break here, Miriam. So can you stick over one more segment? We can continue this conversation. Sure. Uh, fantastic. I want to I want to talk about that on the parental knowledge, not even just the acceptance, but even the knowledge of this. As I know, again, that's a time where kids are vulnerable. They like to close up. They don't feel comfortable in their skin. They're trying to figure themselves out, and it's hard to talk about their parent or talk to their parents about certain issues. And is that making this issue worse? And the question is, at the end of the day, is what can we do to fix this as well and try and get us back on track to some common sense, truth, and some reason, and stop the mutilation of our children, which is just heartbreaking in itself. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Reason, common sense, rationale is what we're all about here on the program, especially for a Monday, baby. Let's carpe diem all over this place. That's what we're all about. I got a few more minutes left here on the program as we wrap things up, as we talk about getting back to school, the agenda at the 
public school system. I have a story that we'll read a little bit later because it seems like in some parts of the country, it's not the best startup to the public school year already. But we have an agenda being promoted onto our children that is very concerning, very scary. And the question is, what do we do about it? We're talking with Miriam Grossman. She's a psychologist specializing in child and adolescent psychology as well. Her latest book, Lost in Transnation, a child psychiatrist guide out of the madness. You can find her online at MiriamGrossmanMD.com. So, Miriam, let's talk about the solutions here. We have a 5,000% increase in those that I identify with, which is still a very small minority of the population, but it's growing. And if it's targeting the younger generations, then we've essentially caused mental health issues to a child at a very young age that will take forever for them to heal from if they ever do. I know that there's a large portion of these students that if they do transition at a young age that by their 20s and 30s, they regret it because they realize, oh, wait a second, I was just going through a spell here and I didn't need to do anything permanent to myself. But what do we do about this? What's the solution to get us back on track here? Okay, Andy, I'm going to just speak directly to the parents in your audience. Uh, You need to protect your family from what's going on in the school. You need to be vigilant and you need to go on my website and download a form that will put your school on notice. You just go to miriamgrossmanmd.com. It's right there when you land on the page. You print it out, you sign it, and you take it into the principal. And that form says, that you do not give your permission for your child to be exposed to any gender ideology. You do not give your permission for your child ever to be called by a different name, different pronouns, to be allowed to use the opposite sex bathroom. None of it. This is a legal form. It was written by brilliant lawyers who specialize in parental rights. You have the constitutional right to direct the education of your child. Don't let the schools trample on that right. I have an entire chapter in my book, Lost in Transnation, specifically on schools and what is happening in schools. Mm. I'm pleading with you, okay? Save your kids from from this bizarre unscientific uh, belief system that a person can be something other than what their body is. It is dangerous. It leads them toward a path of medical intervention. And frankly, it can shatter your child's life and it can shatter your family. Yeah. I am so glad you mentioned that, and thank you. And, yes, MiriamGrossmanMD.com is the website right there. And I'm on your website right now. I have the document pulled up because I'll be printing it off and signing it after the program as well. Uh, My 9-year-old daughter going into the fourth grade is starting her schooling on Wednesday this week, and uh, I think that's a perfect way to walk into the classroom the very first day and hand that off and uh, and make that happen. Perfect. Yeah, but you see it right there. It's the parents' notice to schools. You can print it off. You can sign it. You can have that right there. It's a way to legally say, we're not going to take this any longer, and I hope that a lot of people end up doing that. Miriam, we got just about a minute left here, but uh, theoretically, if someone does do hormone blockers or tries to go through these surgeries at that young age, middle school, early high school, uh, what does it take for them to correct themselves later on if they choose to do so? Is it a hard process? Does it hurt well, them look, for life? 
I mean, it it it, it certainly can. It depends how early uh, the puberty blockers are started. If they're started uh, before any real puberty kicks in, which is what the medical organizations are advising, and then it's followed by the cross-sex hormones. So if you give a boy these blockers and then you follow them with estrogen, he's going to be infertile. Yeah. He's, his body is never going to make mature sperm. It's a scary thought. The very scary thought. Miriam Grossman, go check it out. Lost in Transnation, a child psychiatrist, a guide out of the madness. The website again, MiriamGrossmanMD.com. Find it, print off the document, turn it into your school, make a stand as a parent, take your family back instead of giving it out to the government. Miriam, thank you so much for coming on the program. I absolutely loved it. We got to get you back on again real soon. Thanks, Andy. Hey, appreciate it very much. Great information. Great way to start off our health week here on The Voice Reason as well as we do back to school. Some wild news stories out there as well. We'll talk about some of those tomorrow. Until then, podcast up in just a little bit. Go and enjoy it. Enjoy the newsletter. Be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.